0: Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. You're actually in the second half of our 90-minute show. And I believe that all of our syndicated radio stations are carrying the full, you know, a 90-minute show and radio, it comes out to be two hours because of news, traffic, weather, and sports. So it all, it all works out. So let's go ahead and jump to another video. And guys, again, if you're listening to us on the radio or on our podcast, uh, if you want to I'm describing the videos in detail, but if you wanna see the videos, go to our Facebook page, Leo Roundtable, or Producer Will Tuesday through Saturday, the episodes that he produces, we'll have links to all these videos you know, under the storyline, and you can actually watch the videos embedded in the story. Producer Will will do all that for you. So on YouTube, the channel is called Video Leak Police, um it's not like leaking like what you're thinking brett i know we're thinking automatically old police officers in uniform that just you know have leaky bodies but no hopefully that's not what they're talking about so let's see we've got um a citizen helps sergeant to arrest a fleeing suspect in the rockdale police department this happens on december the 8th of this year 2021 so rockdale police department in illinois they released a dash cam and a body cam of a vehicle thief and his arrest after a citizen steps in to help the sergeant that's in a scuffle with the suspect. So December 3rd, there's a 2009 Ford Escape. So we, are, we already know the guy is driving on the cheap, right? He's got a Ford Escape. It's been reported stolen to the Rockdale Police Department. So officers developed a suspect in this investigation, Donald Hudgens, and he's 49 years old. So Mr. Hudgens, currently he was on a no-bomb parole warrant issued from the Illinois uh, Department of Corrections in reference to a burglary conviction from 2019. And he got six years of imprisonment, but he was released September the 15th. So on December the 8th, Sergeant Robert uh, Bakey, he uh, sees this Ford being driven by Donald Hudgens, and also one passenger is in the Ford. So before the other officers can arrive, Hudgens pulls into a driveway of a residence. So now our sergeant's gotta do a felony stop. And uh, so he does it on Hudgens, And Hudgens is initially compliant, and he actually, the sergeant orders him at gunpoint to get, you know, down on the ground, which our bad guy, you know, Hudgens does. But it quickly changes to a physical attack on the sergeant. So the sergeant makes a mistake. When he gets gets into the bad guy, instead of getting in control of the bad guy, doing a three-point pin or whatever, he holsters his gun when the bad guy starts to stand up. Um, and, and again, from a DT defensive tactical standpoint, we can be here all day talking about options. Of course, you can always, once you have your gun out, you can holster like what the sergeant decided to do and then go to the battle with this guy, uh, you know, fist to fist. And I, I think the sergeant thought he could take the guy. He also had the choice of disengaging because he had his gun out and just keeping the gun out. So the sergeant holsters the weapon and he goes one on one with our bad guy and uh, and the bad guy stands up and now they're toe to toe and the bad guy. <laughs> ends up, uh, I've got some uh, some verbiage that said during the video, it's pretty wild. Uh, we, we've got um, the cop tells him, "Don't effing move." This is when he's approaching him at gunpoint, and then when the bad guy stands up, cops got his you know gun holstered, and they're fighting. He tells the bad guy, "You're going to jail," and the bad guy says, "I didn't do f off," and so then he hits the cop, and the uh, cop starts running after him, saying, "All right, mother effer." And, uh, and then he, and the radio says, I got one running. So that brings back memory. So uh, with the help of a citizen, when the cop finally catches up with the bad guy, uh, a citizen witnesses this incident. And uh, with the help of a citizen, they go 10-15, get him, and they transport the uh, bad guy to the hospital. And then he gets out and does the, goes for the charges. So uh, that's what we got in the video. Uh, Chief Newman.
1: You know, if Dave was here, he'd have a field day. But Dave isn't here because Dave's scared. doesn't have COVID. <laughs> he's scared. He's probably sitting home right now, quivering, knowing that I'm back. You no, know, it's absolutely horrible. He gets the guy to prone out. He has his gun pointed at him, but he fe- thinks the guy's a threat, and the guy's got a serious criminal history. From that point on, on a scale I of one to ten, he gets like five. Thank God that citizen was there. And, you, know, and, you know, I just think he, he did it poorly. If you thought the guy was that much of a threat, it should be game on the second he tried. He came up off the ground. He is there where you want him. Get control. Get it done. And it—he's lucky it, the guy feigned a heart attack, and he's lucky that it had it good for the citizen to give him a hand. But man, it was—it was poor. It was absolutely poor. Up until he was great, got him out of the car and lay down, thrown out. Man, golden. And then after that, it just was horrible.
0: I—I I, I agree. At least. Look, I don't like the DT. The guy definitely suffers from a lack of defensive tactics training, but I at least thank God the sergeant holstered his weapon before he got in the fight with the bad guy because then they would have been fighting over a gun.
1: I thought DT was Dunkin' Time as in Dunkin' Donuts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of Dunkin' Donuts, Captain Bartlett, you're up.
2: Well, I I agree with everything John said, but what what I noticed, the, the, the police officer's video was down a little bit, and you saw... It gives a new definition to shadow boxing. You could see the shadows on the ground, all the all the hands and the bodies. it was funny as heck. It's almost like the two real people weren't even there. It was just kind of a Disney movie with just the shadows on the ground. But other than that, he did a just poor job.
0: All right, thanks, Cam. Well, I tell you, our our our, uh, our Facebook audience is 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 growing. We've got Pat Harsh, Harshberger. We got uh, uh, Marie Carey, Amanda Myhawk. You know the list is going on and on here. So and and some dude named Chip the Block and Brett Bartlett are on there too. Go figure. You know. So uh, yeah. Brett's Brett's applauding for himself over there. Is there uh, is there anybody else? And if not. All right. If not, we got six minutes before our next break. So uh, let's see what else we got. Got another uh, video here. Uh, this one's on YouTube. The channel. Oh, it's going to be this is our Sovereign Citizen channel, Ben uh, Ballion, And uh, it's Karen goes nuclear during a traffic stop, gets her car window removed. That's a nice way to put it. This happens on November the 28th. And, uh, you know, there's no narrative, so I kind of got to watch the video and kind of make up my own narrative for you guys. Uh, to say the least, this female that gets pulled over uh, by a cop because he said that she was speeding, uh, she's uncooperative, to say the least. And look, I, I think you can ask any educated police officer, to will tell you that 99.9% of every bad police encounter starts off uh, with um, with a bad guy that's being noncompliant. So. And I'm telling you, if you're non-compliant, you're a bad guy. That that argument doesn't even exist. You're a bad guy. So it, it starts off with um, the cop. She's uncooperative. She's not giving him everything he's asking for. He tells her to get out of the car. And she says, you can't make me get out of the car. She should have never said that. And she says, you cannot touch my car, because then, of course, he starts trying to open up the door. And then she says, call the cops. And he goes, ma'am, I am a cop. And then she says, I'm calling 911. And she's on her phone, the officer's trying. She says, the officer's trying to open my door and come in my car with my children. And then she says, he pulled me over because he said I was speeding and I was not. I have minor children in the car and I'm a woman. (laughs) They just, it gets, but it gets better. And he he goes, "Uh, ma'am, do not roll up your window. And she said, don't touch my car. And he goes, you're gonna be removed from your vehicle and what she does, she rolls up her window. So he puts his fingers, he's got his fingers, you know, in the window. And as it rolls up, he just peels that window back and it just shatters. Now it's got tin on it, so the glass doesn't go everywhere, but it freaking cracks. And um he uh and, and then she says, You're effing dead, you're gonna be arrested for doing that, you're out of control. This is what she says to the cop. So a supervisor ends up showing up and wants her to be sighted, that means giving her a traffic ticket instead of you know, going 1015 and arresting her, but, um, bet, uh, Brett and John, I was waiting for her to get extracted through the, through the window. My uh, kids are no kids in the car. I was waiting for her to make that trip. So anyhow, uh, we've got a couple up in mic guys. Go ahead and jump in. We got three and a half minutes.
1: Jim, uh, here it is. Oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got Karen, 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 Karen drives a car. Cop stops her car. Karen is a Karen. She now needs a new window. Don't be Karen
2: really, very simple in life. <laughs> I love it. I love don't be it.
1: Karen. Don't be you a put, Karen. Jeez. Don't be a there. Karen.
0: That's what, Ward, <laughs> Ward, I would expect Ward to come up with a visual aid and have the Ward, he's still in your game, dude. He's He's got game tonight, Ward. I, I mean, he's still in your thunder. I, I can't I've been either. saving
2: up for five months. Go ahead, Brett. <laughs> well, I, I would have liked to read the report, and I would like to have read at that point, I delivered a weapon strike punch to her mucus producer. <laughs> wow! Right, 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 to the snot locker, just right to the snot walker, and then drag her out and put her in jail. Somebody somewhere needs to be made an example of.
0: Yeah, well, I, and look, we're I not, and, and people listen to to our show and and Ward's a, I mean, uh, uh, Brett's a panelist saying that that's not without justification look I, why this guy waited for a supervisor to get on scene when she should have you know he he should have had her extracted out of that car and and in handcuffs in a prone position or in the back of his car you know by the time that supervisor got there but he should have nipped that in the bud so um personally well, uh yeah, chief
1: but i'll tell you what though you listen to what he's soon as he pulls her over which is very different brett from we grew up He pulled her over. My name is Officer and Suss. I pulled you over because you're speeding. And I've always remembered when we came on, you never told them why you stopped them. And you want to know why? Because you wind up getting into an argument as to why you stopped them. Nowadays, though, the new stop is to tell them who you are, why you stopped them. The weather outside is beautiful. How's the family? Hey, by the way, can I see your license? Oh, and what are you having for dinner tonight? It's a pretty good-looking car, don't you? You, know, you just get your license. Getting the you, once we get into telling them why we stopped them, we before you're writing the ticket, you wind up getting into an argument, especially when somebody like this that wants to be very confrontational. You know, you 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 can argue when you're pressing hard in five copies. I think nowadays they swipe whatever the heck they do, but I think that's one of the things coming out of traffic stop nowadays. Is you tell them why you stopped them. No, no, no. You tell them that when they're writing the ticket or signing for it, not beforehand, because otherwise you get into a giant argument about why you stopped them.
0: Thanks, Chief. Captain.
2: I agree. The longer the talk goes on, the worse it's going to get. Um, and, and, you know, I, they should handle the call, uh, the traffic, as if, as if the, the driver's not going to have any conversation with them at all. They approach, they get the documents, they've already observed the driving behavior, they write the ticket, now they go up and go, uh, here's what happened. That way if the driver says, I'm not talking, hey, no problem, I've already written your ticket, and, and at least uh, a local agency, it's all electronic. You know, Once they hit a button, they don't have to sign it anymore anyway. So yeah, just don't have any conversation. It seems very rude to the driver, but it stops this, well, why, 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 why?
0: Thank you, Captain. All right, guys, time for another break. We'll be right back. Guys, right, so look, this is the time I take to tell you guys how best to watch our show. Now, we do our show, it's live every Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. It's a 90-minute show, and it's live on Vimeo, on YouTube, Facebook, and now on LinkedIn. And uh, from there, we take our 90-minute show, and producer Will uh, splits it up into five segments. And he embeds the videos that we talk about. He puts in pictures of the good guys and the bad guys, and he does a really good job of that. So Tuesday through Saturday, it goes on YouTube and also on Rumble with the with the videos embedded. So that makes for a, a really great way to watch the show. Now, uh, we're also on the free press at TampaFP.com with Brian Burns as well. Uh, so whether you watch the live show or whether you watch the segments, uh, it makes for a great way to watch the show, and you got the choice. So please check it out. back to the leo roundtable show uh guys is there anybody on the last one that we talked about and if not i'm gonna go to bradenton or yeah bradenton.com and youtube.com on the channel this is butter 12 year old girl arrested at manatee school after officials wanted a fight video that she had on her t- on her cell phone deleted. So uh, this is kind of a trending article. Uh, I found it, I-, I believe it was today. So when a fight erupted in the courtyard of Palm View K-8 school in September, one 12 year old student, she took out her cell phone, she started recording the video of the melee. So school administrators, they stopped the fight, but then they quickly shifted their attention to the girl. They demanded that she delete the video and she gave up her phone. So she refuses to do that. And that set off a chain of events that ended with a deputy uh, forcing the seventh grader to the ground twice and arresting her. So the deputy's name is George um, Shrinek, and he's a Manatee County Sheriff's deputy, I believe, who works as a school resource officer there. And he captured about an hour of video on his body camera. And throughout the footage, they Palm View, which is the school staff, they wanted the girl in handcuffs. And, uh, but, um, they wanted the severe consequence and they wanted her off the campus according to principal uh kathia johnson and uh, mary dietrich she's a counselor at the school she later said that the schools um should use the girl as an example and school staff repeatedly said they wanted the video deleted from the girl's cell phone they uh, alleging that the student committed a crime by recording the school employees as they broke up the fight but that of course was refuted by the experts and by the county sheriff. So uh, one school employee that was off camera is later heard expressing concern that the video would end up on social media. And after the fight, they isolated the girl in an empty classroom for about an hour. And says that they were rushing to her every time that she appeared to be touching her phone and it was in that room that she became agitated and she tried to push past the deputy and the assistant pr- principal uh, michelle clark after they repeatedly stood in front of her and d- demanded to get the phone so it was in that room where the deputy uh twice forced the student to the ground charging her with battery on a law enforcement officer battery on a school employee and resisting arrest and i'll tell you <laughs> there's no doubt from watching that video that she was that she was hitting the officer. The 12-year-old was taken to the Manatee Regional Juvenile Detention Center and uh, shortly before her mother, Cecilia Jones, arrived at the school and it just kind of went from there. Uh, But we got a video of the incident. It's kind of long, so I kind of gave it in a nutshell. We got five minutes to talk about this. Chief Newman.
1: You know, this is my world now, right? I've got to tell you, all this was avoidable, every bit of it. First of all, I don't like the fact that, you know, you have staff at that school who say, we need to make an example. Um, This child had an individual educational plan, it's called an IEP. Uh, She definitely had some issues. You read about those in the article. Um, The second I saw the classroom that they were in, um, you need to step back from these students that have those issues. Yes, this is the problem when you have students that have certain issues and then you add law enforcement. That deputy shouldn't have been in that room at all. Administration should not have called that deputy at all, when you induce law enforcement into that environment, they bring with them the mechanism of probable cause. And there's no doubt she shoved and pushed the deputy. But the administration should never have the deputy in there, period, period. We saw a video a couple three years ago where a deputy snatched the chair out from underneath the girl, cuz administrators called her in there. They did the right thing, they separated, they put her in a room. No, 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 no need for law enforcement at all, stand outside the door, let administration deal with this administratively, that's their problem. They did everything right until they introduced the law enforcement into an administrative behavioral issue. That's my
0: opinion. Thank you, Chief. Good good stuff. Uh, Producer Will, why don't you go ahead? Um, so uh, one of our viewers, Paul, just donated. Oh, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Uh, appreciate the support. Thank you. You know, I I know we're getting a lot of, uh, you know, traction right now on our Facebook page. And uh, while John was talking, we got Michael Brown talking about um, the school school resource officer, just another way the school can push their agenda without the responsibility. And, uh, oh, we got... Amanda Wilson, say you go, Chief Amanda. Amanda Wilson, Amanda, I did not know your your middle name was Lee. Uh, we'll keep that between us. But uh, wow, so yeah, we got some familiar names in here watching the show. So, uh, Brett, like that. Hey,
1: but Chip, um, but Chip, you show Chip, you show that video, and what people see is a twelve year old pushing the law enforcement, and she does. There's no yeah. doubt. But I gotta tell you, this was not a law enforcement call, even though you got a deputy on campus. Keep them the hell out of it. Administrators should have dealt this behavior all by themselves.
0: No, I, I got you because you know he wears, there's a, he wears, he wears a certain hat, and uh, when you call him into that room, he, he's there for a, he's got a specific list of uh, instructions and and job descriptions that he's responsible for. And you're right, once you insert him, it's kind of hard to uh, unring that bell. So especially when it escalates. So I, I get it, uh, Captain.
2: You know when he steps out in that in that room, he's a criminal investigator. And something bad's about
0: to happen. Well, hopefully and I agree I agree that having the school staff on video, which is public which is gonna be public record, you know, but having them say some of the things they said, it's just it just doesn't go over well, and and now welcome to our world. I mean, you know, Ward, or you know, our attorney former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaller, he's always honest about how the verbiage that comes out of the cops' mouths when we get involved in things in the height of the moment and stuff. And I and I, I don't know if this was cringe-worthy for you, Ward, or not, but just hearing some of the statements made by school principal, you know, some of the other staff there, assistant principal, you know, and the concerns they had. And I think ultimately they wanted that, they didn't want that video, uh, to appear on social media. I, I, to me, I just think that was their motivation in getting it. But, uh, but I, I um, Chief John, I know this is your world and, and you, uh, you, you get it a lot quicker than the rest of us do. So I'm glad you pointed out those elements involved in this. So thank you. All right, we get two thumbs up from Chief Newman. So uh, look, uh, on Police One, we've got jury finds California deputy not guilty in a fatal shooting. Um, I've got... Uh, Um, A uh, San Joaquin County jury, they found, uh, I guess, a a sheriff's deputy not guilty of voluntary manslaughter in a 2017 fetal shooting of a Modesta woman. Um, It is uh, Evan Olson Yagadar, and she led deputies on a low-speed pursuit that ended just across the county line. And uh, yes, a low speed. So his deputy, Justin Wall, 29 years old, he actually cried as the verdict was announced on Monday afternoon. And Wall's attorney is Paul Goyette. And so Goya, this is kind of nice. Uh, he thanked the uh, sheriff uh, Jeff Dirks, um or Dirks, and said that his department, uh, you know, they supported him and his family throughout the ordeal. So it's nice that the department stood by the officer because you don't see that happen a lot. And uh, I just, I just kind of nice to see. Uh, it's time for another break that we're creeping, that's creeping up on us. So Look, we're gonna take a commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, look, let's talk radio. Yes, we are nationally syndicated on the radio. You know, it was the Boss Hog Radio Network. that gave us our big break in the terrestrial radio, which means over the airwaves. Uh, and, and actually, I have an appointment at uh, Boss Hog Uh, tomorrow. On Tuesday, I'm going to be on South T's radio program. So I'll be there between 11 and and, uh, and 12 noon on Tuesday, in case anyone wants to tune in. So the Boss Hog Radio Network, they've got four AMs and a FM that's uh, just in the Tampa area. So they're in Bushnell, Lakeland, Plant City, Winter Haven, and Avon Park, all in Florida and uh, we're also on WKUL. They have two FMs in Coleman, Alabama. We're on KBAR, that's K-B-A-R in Burley, Idaho, and amfm247.com, but they also have terrestrial radio stations in Tampa Bay, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, Macon, Georgia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Boulder, Colorado, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Long Beach, California, The Villages, um, STD capital of, uh, of the world in Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Washington, DC. We're also on Three Rivers Broadcasting.com and Backstage Radio Network.com. If you're within range of one of those terrestrial stations, please check us out. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. And uh, guys, if there's nobody left on the last one we'll move to a new one then a new topic we're on youtube another video the channel is this is butter LAPD officer shoots at a grand theft auto suspect when he pointed his gun at the officer so uh, this happened on october the 24th i know brett i mean go figure right so we've got um uh, it's 8 15 in the evening october 24th LAPD, the mission division officers and you got to watch this mission division officers because you know they're always the guys named in our articles they pull into a motel parking lot which again not a hotel we're in a motel so we're di- you know we're we're digressing here the officer stopped to conduct a grand theft auto investigation the suspects later identified as vincent gonzalez and he flees on foot and so the cop so this is a, a video we didn't have time to get to last week so the cop starts off you know with talking to the guy and saying uh, no weapons on you like in the form of a question and so the the bad guy goes no thinking that it's going to end there it's so the cop goes okay i'm going to pat you down real quick turn around That was it. Bad guy hears that, boom, he takes off. So during the foot pursuit, Gonzalez um, points a handgun at one of the officers. And, and in the video, they do a just a fantastic freeze frame at the end of the video. And man, you can just see, you can just see what the bad guy's doing pointing the gun at the officer. And that's when there was an officer involved shooting. So Gonzalez uh, continues running and a large perimeter is established. And the Metropolitan Division and the K9 personnel, they search the area and they're not able to locate our bad guy. So the handgun Gonzalez was armed with it, was recovered at the scene. It doesn't does not appear that Gonzalez, our bad guy, was struck by gunfire. No officers were injured during the incident, so I don't have any news on this guy being arrested or them going 10-15 with him. It's just a wild video, but it just goes to show you that um, you know when an officer shoots that bad guy and you just don't initially see you know the threat. Wow, when they slow that video down and freeze frame that sucker, and this guy's in the process of actually fleeing, and while he's running away from the officer, he actually is is firing at him. Wow, Chief Newman.
1: I had the exact same thing happen when i was playing grand theft auto the other night on my playstation <laughs> oh, i shot at the guy he shot back at me he ran he parked his car in the garage got it completely renovated and took back off and i missed him so i just wanted to say that I, I had this scenario in grand theft auto wow
0: so you're you're kind of like an expert witness wow yeah do, do i have to is there is there is there any extra pay involved for this do i have to like send you something extra Oh, get better. Get better, Dave. I'm back. Who's your daddy? So yes, Chief Newman told up a sign that David DeGresta. Look, all I can say Chief, is that when when I, when I had COVID, I actually did two shows, you know, having COVID and, and, and I was fine. So I'm really disappointed. David quote, the athlete, you know, the star, the de-escalator, one of the most, you know, uh, uh, you know, famous guys on our show that people recognize everywhere. And he, and he can't even handle a little thing like, Like COVID, and he's probably got the Omicron version of it, which is just like a cold, anyhow. You know, only one person has died of uh, Omicron, the new the new variant uh, that I know of. And and David's just kind of wimping out on us. So
1: he's lay he's laying at home, wearing his mask.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope he's watching the show, Uh, uh, Captain Bartlett.
2: Well, I heard that uh, one of the side effects that Dave had was pretty tragic. He went down and re-registered as a Democrat, so. I don't know if that's one of the things that wow. normally happens. Yeah, wow. and, and uh, he started singing in the middle of an net- intersection, "We shall overcome," and it's just, it's uh, just all kind of weird. But uh, I-, I tell you, this last video, Chip, I was, I was, I'm going, to, no kidding. If I was the the public relations officer of the department, I'd go, "Okay, cameras on. Okay, I have a statement. Okay, here's my statement. Metro officer shoots suspect reaching for guns. Any questions?" Love it.
0: All right, guys. Anybody else on this one? All right. If not, let's see what we got next in the pipe here. I've got about six and a half minutes. And um, let's see, I got another update here. Uh, Police one. So Chauvin... Derek Chauvin pleads guilty to federal charges in Floyd's death. And, and Ward, I don't know, you being a former federal prosecutor, I don't know if you want to interject anything on this thing or not, but uh, of course, we're in St. Paul um, and, and the former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has pled guilty to federal charges of violating George Floyd's civil rights. So we know in, in a lot of, uh, Instances these federal charges, you know, there's no double jeopardy, uh, you know, and also they they usually go for the civil rights angle on a lot of this stuff. So Chauvin's plea on Wednesday means that he's not going to face a federal trial in January, though he could end up spending more years behind bars when a judge sentences him at a later date. So that's where we're at, Uh, Attorney Ward. I'm not sure why he did this. Maybe he's just throwing in the towel. Maybe they had a, a, a an agreement that it'd be concurrent. Well, I'm sure it will be concurrent, but maybe it will not be any longer than the state charges. Um, um, I've always thought that these charges by the Department of Justice were totally unjustified uh, in violation of the petite policy there. But I noticed in the article they also charged him with a prior prior offense that was never charged. So that would have been justified, but I'm still skeptical of uh, federal involvement in this case. All right. Well, thanks, Ward. Um, Out of everybody, you should be the guy that knows, so thanks. All right, guys, uh, moving along here. Um, We're on YouTube. The channel is This Is Butter. So OKCPD releases body cam footage from an officer-involved shooting. So this happened on November the 24th. There was a 911 call. It came in from a man who said that he may harm uh, people, and he needed police to come to his place of residence. So the video shows two Oklahoma City police officers. They arrive on the scene. They find a 22-year-old uh, Tawan Jackson in the garage with a gun. So the officers, they immediately uh, run for cover uh, behind their police car. So the officers kind of approach from different angles. Um, so in the video, officers yell multiple times at Jackson. They drop the weapon. So Jackson, then he walks into the street and he begins shooting. You know, just. Popping the gun out to his side and just just firing the gun. But, you know, horizontally, I mean, it could go into, like, a a house window or something. He's not just shooting up in the air. He's just pointing out a side. Then he's shooting up in the air and stuff. So he eventually gets to where he's firing at the officers. So they decide, of course, to shoot back. So he's uh, shot. But the injury was non-life-threatening, which uh, surprised me. He's very lucky. So that's the way that went down. Um, Comments on that shooting, guys? Uh, Anything that anyone would have done differently, you know, on the show?
2: Yes. I would have yelled, drop the gun one more time.
0: <laughs> because?
2: Because I've determined that seven times is a uh, uh Research shows that eight times being yelled, drop the gun. We, we have shown that's effective. Uh, so, yeah, they were one short of drop the gun.
0: All right. So any issue with the guys? I know on approach, they had no... They had no cover it wasn't like you can drive up into the guy's yard with your patrol car so they were kind of out in the open so i understand the uh uh a little bit and running to get cover behind the car when the guy showed up with the gun um yeah. and, and uh, every
2: every call starts with improper placement because you have to get out of your car you can't stay in your car and fight crime you got to right. get out of your car you got to get on foot at some point well
0: i i, I know some guys that that. I would beg the deer for you. I've seen them do police work, Brett. But no, I know what you mean. Well, hey, I, hey. I, I,
2: that's true. There was this old guy in my squad. He was a thousand years old, named Tommy James. And uh, oh. it was a it, it was a rainy day, and remember those back in those days, all the alarms went off. They signed one officer to go clear them all. And right, Tommy James pulls up. He goes that. Uh, uh, is a 1016, and, and that means the owner, is a 1016 responding, and the dispatcher said, well, how's it look? And he goes, on air. Oh, it looks good from the car. I thought, oh, you are all that is man, Tommy James, it looks good from the car. Wow.
0: <laughs> wow. All right, Chief.
1: No, I mean, I, the, the, here it is, right? Let me, let me ask you something. There's really nothing much to this video. <gasps> There's nothing much to a video where we had an officer involved shooting. You want to know why? They use good commands. They use good cover. They told the guy a million times to drop the gun. We know it's going to happen in the next few years. These, va- these shootings that are captured on body worn cameras are going to lose value because people are going to see how routine we do certain things. We said this, this group said it, and I wish Dave was here 20 months ago. We might not be smart, but we know our business. And now you're seeing our business on this video. I thought they did a good job, but you know, it doesn't. It's not excitable because, oh, there's nothing controversial. We did it. We did what we're supposed to do. And I think these type of routine stops that actually involve an office involved shootings might not have any wow factor to them in a few years.
0: Well, and that would be sad. But but I get it, and I can't argue with you. You're probably right. All right, guys, we got about a little over a minute before we take our uh, final break. So um, on police one, we have Detroit schools. They debate use of armed officers as district receives 16 threats. So... um, Now, remember, we're in Detroit, Michigan here, so I got a brother-in-law that lives there. I'll tell you, every time he comes down here, he's wearing a mask everywhere, and everybody's looking at him laughing because he just can't get out of that mask But That's another story. So more than a a dozen threats have been made against Detroit public schools on social media since the November 30th shooting at Oxford High School, but none of these were found to be credible. And so keep that in mind when I I get to the rest of the story. So we have a superintendent that's named Dr. Uh, Nikolai Vitti, And that's V I T T I. So, Vinny emphasized the difference between the police department's 28 armed officers who patrolled but were not stationed at the schools and then campus officers. But before I get into the nuts and bolts of this, let's take this last break. We'll be right back. All right, look, let's talk podcasts and TV. So look, uh, our podcast producer will split up in the two segments now, two 45-minute segments, and we're uploading those to Anchor, and Anchors are are staples. So from there, it's being uh, uh, marketed by law enforcement today. We have an RSS feed. We're on Breaker. We're on CastBox, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, which, of course, is iTunes. We're on Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and also on Spotify. So hopefully you're familiar with one of those podcast options and you can check our show out. It's a lot safer to... uh, listen and drive uh, then to try watching watch the video and drive, right? Now, um, I also want to talk about TV. Um, I just found out that a uh, livefreetelevision.com, producer Will has been producing high definition content for uh, TV for a while. Some stuff was going on. We got a little suspicious over it, have verified that they are in fact not uh, they are not live. That uh, in fact, the last time I checked there, the their website was even down and stuff. So I apologize to our users um, and, uh, and sponsors, uh, who are under the impression like I was that they were up doing our show because uh, it's been down maybe for as long as two months, maybe longer. I just don't know, but we're not, um, currently affiliated with them anymore. We have a new TV option that's coming up the beginning, the first quarter of 2022. I can't wait to tell you guys about that in another month or so. So stay tuned for that. Back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So we've got uh, Vidi, and again, uh, Vidi is the superintendent of, uh, of schools here. So uh, Vidi says uh, there's a difference between the police department's 28 armed uh, police officers that arm—I uh, guess—I uh, guess they patrol, but they're not stationed at the schools. And then we have campus officers who get special certification to be armed, and they're permanently stationed at around 13 neighborhood schools in the district. And then. Lastly, we have unarmed security guards, uh, who would be hired to replace campus officers when they resign or retire. And apparently there were some incentives for them to retire or, or, or resign. So there was a debate between school board members, uh, who raised fears about dealing with security threats in schools, the superintendent who questioned the need for permanently stationed armed officers inside the schools, yada, yada. So, uh, Corletta Vaughn, a board member, wondered whether the people who were at an October board meeting who had supported the move away from armed police presence in the wake of the George Floyd police killing in May of 2020, if they would feel differently now after the events in Oxford unfolded. And she said, my concern is now that these incidents of school shootings are getting closer and closer to our district. Do we need to revisit that conversation um, that we had back in October, You know, when they were kind of getting rid of the armed police? I'm very concerned about the community that is feeling unsafe. And then, at large board member Sherry Gay Dagnago said that she believed the decision to phase out armed campus officers uh, it was happening at the wrong time, following the Oxford shooting. And then Vitti uh, reiterated that his view that armed officers not be permanently placed inside school buildings, but roam between schools in the district, uh, except some in some circumstances. He's you know standing by his guns with that. So that's kind of where we're at, um, Chief Newman. We got eight minutes.
1: Are you kidding me? I can give you 17 good reasons why Michigan's so far behind the eight ball. And those are 14 kids and three faculty members that were murdered back in February 14, 2018, down in Parkland, Florida. You know, Michigan's taken the approach, and, and let me tell you something, I, I actually reached out to um, the uh, Oakland County Sheriff's Office, Mike Burchard, I think he's doing a phenomenal job at the Oxford shooting, but whether it's Detroit or if it's a small suburb, like, you know, Oxford Township that has 2,400 people, they have the opinion that it's not going to happen to them. It's not going to happen here. You know something? They said the same thing down in Sunrise, Florida on February 13th. They didn't say the same thing February 15th. So this state, our state, went crazy with school safety protocols and reform. And what does most states do? They sit back and they take that approach. It ain't going to happen here. And now they got four. I think it's up to six dead kids at Oxford. That's horrible. I mean, I looked at the school, it looks like there's no fencing, there's no basic protocols. This kid should not have been left in the campus. They should have searched the bag. The threat assessment came back high. They should have reached into this kid's bag and said, what do you got? He sat there for an hour and a half. So now you have Detroit saying, maybe we shouldn't. You need good guys with guns on your campus. If you don't want them to be law enforcement, find a faculty member. But more good guys with guns on your campus are going to keep you safe, period. And then you have to have a way to triage these social media threats. We went through that last week with the TikTok threats. We take every threat serious here in our county. Just like across the state, Michigan is hoping it doesn't happen to them. And this is a prime example. Should we have a more law? You know, they think they, they, they have all the wrong reasons why they shouldn't have a cop. First time something horrible happens, they wish they did.
0: And I suspect it's not a matter of uh, of if, but when, when that'll happen. Thank you. Uh, uh, Brett, before you go, uh, producer Will. Uh, Michael MVS just donated. Ah, we got a representation from Colorado, so Michael MVS. Um, thank you so much for your support, Michael. Uh, appreciate it. Um, Captain Brett. Hey, hey, yes. just a second, Brett. Hey, Hey, Will when you were in the, uh, in the marijuana, you know, capital of the, of the, of the country, you know, in Colorado, and I know you were there all week and, you know, and MBS is, did you and Mike MBS hook up at all or hang out together or whatever? Or? I
1: plead the fifth.
0: You plead the fifth. Oh, you're so <laughs> <roughy>. <laughs> See that? He's on,
2: he's been on the show too long.
0: <laughs> wow. It's rubbing off, man. Wow. All right. Okay. Captain, go ahead.
2: Well, first, uh, well, you need to start making counter accusations. That's the other part of taking the fifth. But back to the, back to the story. It says, Vitti reiterated his view that armed officers not be permanently placed inside school buildings. They can roam between schools. That's called a frickin' patrol cop, pal. That's what, that's what that is. Uh, I, I'm with John. They, you know, these people, are they're, they're sticking their head in their sand, and, and they're thinking, you know, if it happens here, well, cost of doing business.
0: All right. Thanks, Captain. Guys, if there's nobody else, we'll move on to our next one here then. And, um, you know, I've got a uh, on YouTube, the channel is This Is Butter. I got about four and a half minutes. Uh, Metro officers shoot suspect reaching for a gun. So, um, Metro Nashville Police, they're investigating after one of their officers shot and injured a man. Uh, it, it happened on a Monday. Officer uh, Byron Bolter. Uh, he's an SRO, Brett, so I know that he's automatically. You know, you're in his corner. He's leaving the school when he comes upon a crash, and as Officer Bolter approaches a blue Chevy Camaro uh, that was involved in the crash, the Nashville Fire carries out um, one of the one of the people um, that was in the car uh, that that got hit over his shoulder. So, um, and and so we've got the uh, the driver, 20-year-old Rod Reed. He comes back to the car and he reaches um, for a gun that's on the dashboard. So the cop tells him um, to uh, go ahead and go before he comes back to the car. And then the guy walks up to the car and the cop's got an open door on the driver's side. And this guy is walking up on the passenger side on the other side of the car. And of course, all the windows are down and the passenger door is closed. So the guy comes up on the passenger side and he, uh, he uh, reaches through, to grab the gun. So the cop ends up shooting him uh, from the open driver's door side. He shoots through the cockpit of the car and, and hits the bad guy. So Officer Bolter shoots Reed, he shoots him in the leg, and Reed is at Vanderbilt in stable condition. It says Reed was driving a blue Camaro at a high rate of speed, and when he struck a black Nissan, and the Nissan had a mother and her daughter riding in it, go figure. So uh, the loser did that. We got three minutes. Um, comments on this video, guys, or the way that it went down? Nope. All right. So let's see what I got coming down. Let me see if I can go to uh, an update here. We've got police one. Board upholds firing of a former cop who fatally shot Brianna Taylor. And uh, this is in uh, Louisville. So the review board voted on Wednesday to back the Louisville Metro Police Department's decision to fire officer Miles Cosgrove for the fatal shooting of Brianna Taylor. And Cosgrove, he's one of the cops that served a no-knock warrant. Uh, no- no-knock search warrant at Taylor's home, March of 2020, fired 16 times, including the fatal shot. And this is according to Kentucky Attorney General Danielle Cameron. Now, only one of the officers who's Brett Hanskin, uh, or I guess, uh, Hankerson was charged at all, and that's criminally charged, indicted in September on three counts of felony, wanton endangerment for blindly firing shots that hit the adjacent apartment that was occupied th- by three people, including a child and a pregnant woman. So the guy was just shooting blindly, just stupid. And he pled not guilty and expected to stand trial next year. So Cosgrove was fired in January uh, for his department violations, including use of deadly force, failing to activate the body camera and the mayor... Board voted five to two on Wednesday to uphold this termination, so I guess he's not going to get his job back. Um, I know Brett, you were former Internal Affairs Commander, um, John, Assistant Chief. Any uh, comments on that, guys?
2: No, this this thing has been done over and over and over. It's just a it's just an old topic. It's, it's exhausting to hear that name again.
0: All right, um, Chief.
2: Yeah, no,
1: I I agreed. I don't think any. I don't think anybody wants to overturn it. You know, I, I, they're going to say that they're going to support the department's, um, you know, decision
0: to terminate them. All right. And and yeah, and I, I don't have an issue with that. Look, uh, I do want to cover one more thing here. We got uh, a little over a minute. Uh, and, and so we'll probably close out on this one. This will be the uh, probably the last thing we cover for the show. On Police One, former Miami uh, Police Chief uh, Acevedo joined CNN as a law enforcement analyst. So Art Acevedo or Acevedo, however we pronounce it, was ousted as Miami's uh, chief of police. It says that according to the WPLG, um, that he took a new gig as a law enforcement analyst for CNN, and he took on the Twitter on Tuesday to share this news, saying, excited to join the CNN team to continue being part of the discussion on law enforcement and criminal justice. And uh, so, yeah, so he's a CNN law enforcement analyst. You would have thought that they would have gotten a you know, from a candidate pool, someone better than a fired police chief from Miami. I know he's been chief of some other agencies too. But what do you think, John?
1: I didn't know CNN was still around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can't really. Re- I, I'm. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've tuned into CNN in third. You know, ten years. But uh, you know, okay. Yeah, like you said they get. They they just that you know. Uh,
2: yeah, I can't help you out with this one, Chip. Sorry.
0: All right. Oh, good. Still good content, Brett. Real quick
2: uh he'll say whatever they want him to
0: say thanks guys uh great show we're out of time so thanks to everybody on facebook and youtube you know watching the show paul and mvs for supporting us uh, appreciate you know your support a shout out to our sponsors galls guardian alliance technologies gunlearn.com mymedicare.live and also pexip uh, thanks to everybody hope everyone has a wonderful and a safe week